Welcome everybody to the Magic Beans podcast. My name is Chewy and I will be your host tonight uh, for episode 80. And on the line with me tonight is a sole, solitary, stoic, stalwart bean, which is disco stew. How you going? As many S alliterations for stew as I could possibly fit in there, mate. How you feeling? How you going? I thought you were going into a uh, soul ring pun there. Oh, we might talk about slow ring, I think is a phrase hey. you, you coined today, uh, this week at least. So, I, I did, I did. Uh, I'm going good, mate. Uh, trying to hold back some coughs tonight. I've been, it's not COVID, I've been tested, it's all clear. But for the last couple of weeks, I've just had this lingering cough, but I'll do the best I can tonight. And how are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty much over the little bout of the non-coronavirus that I had. Uh, but uh, yeah, in lockdown again here in Melbourne, uh, getting kind of used to it now, homeschool, all the rest of it. But we are sustained by the uh, the very busy news and uh, previews that's coming out of uh, Modern Horizons 2. And it's got the creative juices flowing, maybe because I've got more time to think about stuff. So going to talk mostly about Modern Horizons 2. We're going to talk about, uh, well, now that the full... Uh, the full set is out. Uh, some cards that uh, jump out at us. Uh, also, some updates to existing decks and maybe a little bit of brewing towards the end. But before we get into that, why don't you tell us about our illustrious sponsor? I would love to. Yes, uh, Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar. They are a Facebook auction site with auctions every every weekday and weekends on all the Magic cards, premium cards on weekends. I've just uh, made a purchase of $170 worth of cards today, uh, and I am looking forward to getting them in the mail. Uh, yeah, look them up on Facebook and tell them the beans sent you. Excellent. And uh, the bargains that you get, that $170 would probably be it's north stacked. of 200 retail, no doubt, without knowing anything that you bought. But yeah, you do get some bargains for Josh and Pat, so jump on there and check them out. Tell them that the beans sent you, right? So, exactly. Exactly. So, all right. So, as I mentioned, the full Modern Horizons set is out. Uh, I've got the Scribe Fall tab open at the moment. And yeah, it's better, to be honest, I had like a. It'd four- be permanently open, right? Yeah. Yeah. Look, I, I, I might have had like a four hour project workshop at work today. I hope, hope my boss doesn't listen to this. I doubt she does. But. <laughs> Uh, so I might, I may have strayed a couple of times and found myself scrolling the spoilers and thinking about decks and, and such. So, uh, it's good. That means that we've got hopefully a good show. Uh, so yeah, just thought like, we've spoken about the previews for like the last three or four episodes, but, but there's just been so many, there's so many, it, it feels like a big set and I don't know whether it's just cause there's a lot of impactful cards. Uh, well, I think there's, cool cards, there's over 300 cards, I think. Yeah, so it is definitely a, a, a big set, a full-size set. And, and couple that with the, uh, the the reprints of the Modern Horizon 1 cards that are getting the old border treatment and collector's boosters that we've been getting previews of as well. It's yeah. just been an onslaught. The um, the basic Fetchland um, Prismatic Vista, is that the one? In yes. the old border, looks very good. I have, a, I have a box topper one, uh, which is pretty nice, but uh, I do, I'm a sucker for an old border. I really am. Maybe it's because I'm old, therefore I- It could be part of I, it. Yeah, I like that. Uh, what's the day today? Yeah, oh well, gosh, mate, it's only two weeks till the big 4-0 for me. So it's, uh, yeah, definitely, yeah, I, definitely old. I hope we're out of lockdown by then. We better be because uh, I've, um, I've placed the order for the butcher <laughs> for the brisket. So I hope so. <laughs> for those that don't know, Chewy has planned a Barbie cube for yes. his 40th celebration, which we're all very much looking forward to. Yeah, so a bunch of the beans and a few people that are beans adjacent uh, will be yeah coming to my place for a bit of a draft. We may be in masks, um, but yeah, we'll have a draft. We'll do some cubing. Uh, I've got a cube. Shorty's got a pauper cube. Chris has got a power cube. Uh, we'll play some commander, maybe draft some... Uh, Maybe draft some other sets, but there will be large amounts of smoked meat consumed, and I'm looking forward to that. So, which means we won't be wearing masks. No, we'll while, be eating while we're eating, meat. but we'll be appropriately distanced whilst consuming said meat, and you know, hand sanitizer, all the rest. We'll take. We'll be following all the rules and taking all the precautions, uh, but that won't stop us from having a good time. So, uh, let's let's think about the end of lockdown and 
and such. I definitely want to think about that. And I actually have a bit of a resurgent belief that we're going to get over this thing. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's... The, Damn, yeah, that's beautiful. Good, good segue. So <laughs> the first card that I, I got pretty excited about at first because of uh, a commander deck that I've got and uh, Replenish is such an expensive card where this is a uh, a really, really good um, uh, so order, no, redundancy for, for that. Yeah, uh, a good substitute yep. and some redundancy where it's uh, expected as well. So... For my commander deck, uh, I'm really excited about uh, Resurgent Belief, and I'll read it out just really quickly. Uh, it is a, uh, a white sorcery, uh, which has Suspend 2, so it has no mana value. Uh, so Suspend 2 for 1 and a white, and uh, when this is cast, uh, return all enchantment cards from your graveyard to the battlefield. So it's Replenish in that sense. Yes. And yep. uh, yeah, for, for my... Uh, for my commander deck, I'm pretty excited. You know, I've got o- Open the Vaults and uh, All Suns Dawn and things like that to get some recursion happening, but uh, I don't own a Replenish. I haven't splashed out on that, uh, but yeah, I-, I will eventually. And then Resurgent Belief uh, does a really good job of uh, buying back all of your enchantments. So yeah, I really like the uh, really like this card. It's cool. Um, and yeah, maybe, maybe it opens up a little bit of... Uh, space for some you know combo or prison style enchantment based decks yeah. for, for modern and, and yeah, we might talk about that a bit later but yeah I, I i think it's great uh a good white card funnily enough so which is always nice to see as well what about you what's uh what's jumped out at you as far as the uh yeah cards that you're excited to to play in uh in modern horizons 2 all right, so one that's really jumped out at me when I first saw it uh, previewed on Twitter is Archon of Cruelty. Mm. It, uh, it is two black and six generic for a creature Archon. It has flying, and whenever Archon of Cruelty enters the battlefield or attacks, target opponent sacrifices a creature or planeswalker, discards a card and loses three life. You draw a card and gain three life, and it's a 6-6. Six, six. So It's funny... I always tend to be drawn to these larger mana costed creatures. Well, they're, they're, you know, they've got I'm lots not, of words on them, Stu. They've got lots I'm of words. Yeah. <laughs> there is that. There is that. And and obviously being still, I guess I'm not really new into returning to magic. It's been a couple of years now, but one of the first things that I was sort of told by you guys is when you look at these things, what do they do? What impact do they have? And for eight mana, it's 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 expensive, right? Yeah, but it, we're not, but it we're, not comes paying, down, we're not paying eight mana for this, are we? Well, this is exactly right. It's the first thing I look at now is is well, how do I cheat this out? How do I get this out sooner? You know, are we playing it in through the breach? Are we suddenly splashing black? Which you know, or what uh, graveyard recursion type decks have we got that can make this work? Yeah, and I'm really I'm really excited about it. And there, there is some um, there is some reanimation in this set, and yeah, yeah I yeah I think this is great and. Uh, I really like the yeah the the through the breach style thing what because a, it gives it gives it haste right. If you can give it haste, you can you can bring it down and be doing twelve damage almost straight up. Absolutely, with the thing, yeah, along with everything else, like it's almost like a, a cruel ultimatum light with a body. Yeah, that's not too bad actually. That's and I think that's a pretty good comparison. Like the the mana cost is like it's one mana more expensive than a cruel ultimatum, but. But it's, it's only, only one color. It's only one color, so yeah. it's a, it's a you know the mana cost isn't that far different sorcery speed, but you can do more cheaty things with this uh, because yeah. it's a creature, right? So I I think that's a pretty good comparison, and if you think of it through that lens, it's probably going to be pretty abusable. So I yeah for sure it's it's worth trying at least, right? So yeah yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, another card or cycle of cards, uh, we've seen all of the, uh, the evoke, uh, creatures that, uh, you know, there's, there's one in each color and they're all pretty good, right? The, uh, the, the black one we saw, which kind of, we saw that fairly early grief, grief. Yeah. And that, uh, that does some, you know, thoughtsies type things, right? And it's, uh. It's not too bad at all, and the the white one does like a swords to plowshares. The green one uh, removes things from from graveyards. The 
the blue one uh when it enters the battlefield, choose up to one target creature spell or planeswalker spell. Uh, its owner puts it on the bottom of their library. So it's kind of like a half a negate, half a, um, essence scatter. And there's another color. What's it? And the red one just domes your opponent. So they're fury. fury. Yeah. yeah. They're all pretty good. I'm really excited to see these cards in action. I think they I think they all have the potential to add a lot and to modern commander. Yeah, I, I think so. And you know, it's a it's a power up a bit for the format as well. For we saw this with the zero mana counter spells, uh, the pact of no force of negation. So we had pact of negation yep. for a little while, but force of negation and force of vigor, etc. Uh, just because your opponent's tapped out doesn't mean that uh, the window is necessarily open. And yeah, exactly. I, I really like that the uh the like the white one and I, I mentioned that the the enchantment recursion card is a uh you know a good white card. We've got, you know, one of the best white cards going in the uh what's it actually called? The the evoke card. Yeah, what's can, Yeah, Solitude. Solitude, that's what it's called. Uh, do you want me to read it out? Yes, please. Found it on so the So it's uh yeah. three generic and two white. It's a creature elemental incarnation. It has flash, lifelink, and when solitude enters the battlefield, exile up to one ta- other target creature. That creature's controller gains life equal to its power, and it has evoke, exile a white card from your hand. So, it's a three-two. Yeah, so it's a really good way to uh, you know deal with an early goblin guide and that sort of thing. But if the game goes a little bit longer, this just gets you a, a massive two for one. Uh, yeah, it does. So, yeah, you can come down, exile their big thing, trade with their little thing, gain a bunch of life, and, and you know, you've done really, really well. So, and that's what I think I like about most of them is that they're, they're actually castable with, uh, without the evoke cost. The evoke cost is very yeah, good and ephemerate yeah. and, and all of those things that, that do a really good job. And, you know, there there are a number of flicker effects in, in modern and people will try. I don't know how good the deck will be, but... Just as inclusions in in decks that want this type of effect, like who doesn't want, like what white deck doesn't want a swords to plowshares effect, you know? The, yeah, that's right. The, on a body. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the 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 blue ones are a four mana counter spell that's got a three three body attached to it. It's just a just a good card. Um, and with the the uh, the pitch effect, it's a uh, with the evoke is actually actually really really good. So I'm I'm looking forward to seeing these cards. I'm going to lose to them a lot. Um, but oh, I, de- I definitely will. Yeah, but I'm looking forward to them in, in modern. <laughs> so yeah, so you know, um, the grief. Sorry, not grief. But solitude and the blue one um, go into like blue white control, and, and grief probably goes into jund, and the burn deck wants the red one, and and all of that stuff. So yeah, already already got homes for these things. Plus whatever archetypes they spawn, whether there's some sort of like. You know, you play Child of Alara and Five Color Niv Mizzet and, you know, all of those five Maelstrom Archangel or whatever, um, just to kind of, with ephemerates and try to cheat these things out uh, and, you know, clock your opponent and have some sort of crazy combo deck, maybe. Uh, but uh, that, that may or may not work. But these add value to existing decks, right? So I thought, why not have a look at some of the other cards? out of Modern Horizons 2 and once that we think there's a lot of them there is a lot and so just through the lens of do these have a home already and do they make that deck better so it's a uh, you know Modern is a really broad format and there's a lot of cards in this so this is not going to be a comprehensive guide right but some cards that just spring to mind for us <laughs> that uh that we think oh that might make that better and we've sp- spoken about um ignoble hierarch on a previous um cast and how that you know gives jund the the one drop mana dork that it's really been craving obsidian charmor i think is going to be a decent sideboard card at the very least uh you know replaces the uh, Fulminator Mages in Junt. Uh, so okay. it has, has the same effect against the decks that you wanted against, like Tron. Uh, but instead of, you know, playing a Grey Ogre that you have to sacrifice for the effect, you're leaving a 4-4 Flyer. So if you think about 
you're on the draw against Tron because I always lose the dice roll, right? I'm playing Jund. My Tron opponent goes like land. You clearly haven't played against me enough. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> They'll usually beat me, so yeah. Uh, so your opponent goes like Tron land, you know, expedition map, go. Uh, you go land, ignoble hierarch. They go yep. Tron land, go. You go land, obsidian charmor, blow up their land, have a four four. I love it. Like you can, you can I absolutely love in, it. In in that case against against Tron, where Jund has a lot of trouble, you know, and historically you could cast your uh your Fulminator Mage in that spot, and then you'd have to sacrifice it and then you're just left with your ignoble hierarch. But now you've got a four four that attacks for five because of the hierarch. It's like this That's awesome. Those two cards absolutely power up. In, and we're talking about a specific matchup here, and that you might play once so, in the whole. So, with, but. but with that in mind, with that in mind, that it has a specific matchup here, do you, do you, do you think going back to R and D for this set that this is deliberately a hard sort of what do you say a hard target for Tron? Uh, yeah, I like they've designed this card with Eldrazi Tron in mind. Eldrazi Tron, Green Tron, definitely. And there's yeah. the artifact that counters colorless spells and, and things like that as well. So reading between the lines and just sort of, you know, having a look at the cards that are printed in this set, they are trying to move, and, and even recent bannings, they're trying to move modern to a more mid-range interactive format. They're just trying to dial the needle back, not, not just yeah. like mid-range creature battles and people casting, you know, Genesis or Cruel Ultimatums and these like long drawn out every round going to time. But the modern card pool is so big and all of the cards that get played are so efficient that, you know, uh, the lines between modern and legacy, it's getting thinner and thinner. They want to introduce cards here and ban the problem cards to, to just dial it back a bit. And, you know, that's that's a good thing. I think, and you know that they're conscious of the health of the format. And this deck doesn't have, sorry, this deck, this set doesn't have a an obvious hogak. There might, there may be a hogak lingering that we haven't seen. There's a there's a delve flyer, for example, which which may be abusable, like like hogak was. Yes, the uh, Merktide Regent. I like the look of that card. Yeah, it looks very, very good. And <laughs> and that that one, you kind of go, oh, that's a little bit hogak-esque. But then there's a bunch of cards that you go like, oh, that's a really cool card. I don't know if it's actually good enough for modern. But if they're trying to just move the needle slightly back towards those cards being playable, I think that's really good for the health and the diversity of, of the format. So we'll see. We'll see. Mono Red yeah. also exists, so you can't do anything too dirty. Yeah, but That's right. Yeah. Um, but but I would say as well that this has been designed for uh, for drafting purposes as well. Absolutely. Right? Like, you know, you can draft tribal squirrels if you want to. So um, th- Surely that's going to be an archetype in modern. Maybe, maybe there's a there's a new glorious <laughs> anthem and, and things. So somebody is going to push it. So, someone will force it. It's got to happen. Someone's going to try, and that's going to be awesome. Um, <laughs> so yeah, there's definitely a, uh, a a few options there. Uh, what about uh, what about like the humans deck? Is there is there a card? Do you think that uh, helps the humans deck at all out there? And, oh, and there's, potentially there's, another deck out there that this might slot into as well. So it feels like this particular card is just an auto include, and that is the Esper Sentinel. Yes, Whenever which is you, you read that one out. Yep, which costs one one planes, one white mana, uh, artifact creature, human soldier. Whenever an opponent casts their first non-creature spell each turn, draw a card unless that player pays X, where X is Esper Sentinel's power. So this card is actually a house. Like if you you've probably not played. Uh, modern humans, but I, I have actually. I've played with uh, Polywaffles Modern hu- Humans a few times. Okay, okay. Um, I I have played it only in our testing sessions, and I played against yeah. it a bunch. Absolutely, yep. especially when it was the best deck in the format. Um, definitely played against it a whole lot. And the advice I've had from Polywaffle, who's you know our resident humans expert, uh, and and other players as well, is to you had to just had to mulligan any hand that didn't have a one drop. And you've just got four extra one drops uh, that, you know, 
do a really, really good thing. So all of your, you know, Thales lieutenants and things like that are going to pump Esper Sentinel up and make this tax uh, a significant cost. And it's it's just, it's a good aggressive one drop that's going to grow with the rest of your team, draw you cards, which, you know, for like all in linear aggressive deck, is uh is, is absolutely fantastic you know tempered steel is still a deck as well i don't know if you know tempered steel but it's a i don't uh know. it's a three mana enchantment white white and one artifact creatures you control get plus two plus two uh okay so yep. you know there's you know this might spur on other um other archetypes as well so like artifact creature human soldier that is some good types so yeah, this will slot into at and at at one with a good ability uh, this is this is you know one of the best white one drops we've seen in a really really long time. So I uh, I think this card will definitely have an impact. And yeah, it's a so death and taxes and and five color humans and maybe some sort of aggressive artifact. You know, like it pains me to not have uh, <laughs> affinity, but you know, ma- yeah, yeah, maybe some. Um, you know, red white artifact deck uh, that that runs cranial plating and you know galvanic blasts and things like that. Uh, this with like Bomat Courier as your one drops. You know, there's potentially a a, a deck there. So I, I think this card's great, and it's it's going to go in existing archetypes and you know those tier three four decks out there that um you know don't see a lot of play. Uh, you know this this might bump it up from you know tier four to tier three or whatever and um you know there'll be people excited out there by that um so humans it's a tribal deck merfolk and and polywaffle's getting some love in this he really is yeah he's uh he's a merfolk fiend um, Which i'm sure he'll have a significant amount of modern horizons boxes come in so he'd be I hope thrilled so. to I hope so. pull as many of these as possible yeah so <laughs> uh the the said mckinnon art on um Svulin? The of Sea and Sky. I don't even know how to pronounce that. Uh, no idea. Do you want to read the rest of the card? Because uh, my eyes switching <laughs> just trying to pronounce that. it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, it's uh, cost one generic and two blue. A legendary creature, Merfolk God. Svelin of Sea and Sky has indestructible as long as you control at least two other Merfolk. Whenever it attacks, draw a card. Other Merfolk you control have Ward 1. And it's a 3-4. And it's a 3-4 for 3 with lots of text. Yeah. So if you were, you know, if you, I don't know if you've played Merfolk, but... I haven't. It played things like Kira, the Great Glass Spinner, and, and things like that to kind of round out its curve. And uh, they were good cards, and, and they protected your team, but they weren't Merfolk. So you didn't get the the synergies from, yep. um, you know, Lord of Atlantis and uh, Romero Regery and things like that. But... You know, if you go, you know, you want this on turn, um, on turn three, obviously to to ward your your other things and and draw some cards and have it indestructible. So the the two drop that you want is obviously the Lord of Atlantis. Um, you've also got you know the the one that draws cards and such. But uh, there's also uh, Rashad and Dockhand, which is a a merfolk. That's a one mana one two with Island Walk, at, and it's a Call back to Rashad and Port, which I don't know if you're familiar with that card, but it's a land that taps for colorless and has the ability of pay one, tap, and tap target land. So the old in your upkeep, tap your land, and you That's know good. you can't you know you can't attack me. So uh for a deck like Merfolk that is just getting power under the board and attacking, tapping down a you know a, a land, keeping somebody off a color or from you know, Khan and things like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and when you're a uh, an Aether Vial deck, you know, you often have that, that mana lying around, right? So yep. it's a, you know, turn one this, turn two the Lord, Lord of Atlantis, turn three Sveelin. <laughs> yeah. We're going to call it Sweden. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I can't, I can't figure it out old Sve- mate of sea and sky Svalon. yeah i'm i'm sure in whatever language merfolk speak it just translate to like steve merfolkish yeah right 
Just Steve of Sea and Sky. There we go. <laughs> yeah, Steve. <laughs> uh, so then, yeah, if you untap with that, then you're going to keep them off mana. You've uh, it's going to be really hard to target their uh, their permanents because they're taxing your land, and the creatures are warded from Sea and Sky. Yeah. And you know, and you you're just going to get the beats in. So, I think it does a lot of things for a deck that. You know, Merfolk is one of those decks that crops up every now and then. You know, it has its moments in the churn of the uh, the modern metagame, and I think this adds a bit to it. Uh, yeah, it's good. Yeah, it seems pretty cool. So, well, both those both those cards seem pretty cool. Yeah, good for that. Very specific to that deck, but they are legitimate upgrades to that deck. Whether they're good enough to make that deck, you know, like a prominent. Uh, you know, force in modern again. I I don't really know, but it's yeah. definitely percentage points as a boost, right? So yeah, it's good. Um, do you want to talk about the next one on our list? All right. <laughs> so the next card we're talking about is fire and ice, or fire slash ice. Oh yeah. Which is uh, this is a reprint, right? Oh yeah, it's an old old yeah. card, and one of my favorite. So this cards is of being printed into this is being printed printed into modern for the first time. Mm-hmm. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's cool. Uh, fire one and red. Most, I guess, most of our listeners know these. This card. I personally don't really. But uh, yeah, fire deals two damage divided as you choose among one or two targets, and ice one and a blue tap target permanent draw a card. So it feels like this would slot in rather nicely into prowess. Yeah, it's a. Would I be right? Absolutely. Like it's a. It's a good way to uh, pick off. You know, small creatures. Uh, you can potentially get a two for one with fire. Uh, yep. you, it can tap down a blocker or tap a land uh, with the blue side. Uh, both of those things trigger your prowess creatures, and you know the cantrip of ice is also pretty good as well. It helps you force through. Both of these things are good at you know forcing through those little bit of extra damage. So, and you know, prowess is already a, a really good deck, uh, and I don't know if there's room for this particularly but i think this is a, a good option for it to have and if the metagame moves to you know things like uh esper sentinel and uh ignoble hierarch and you know a bunch of one toughness creatures then fire is going to do really really good work and if the format is also you know a fast combo deck that you know you just need to buy one turn you know ice does a really good job if you've got a clock down and especially if your your clock is benefiting from casting ice, uh, as in prowess triggers, this this might be a a, a little sneaky one or two of at uh, at the sort of the uh, the two mana slot effectively in uh, in those fire ice decks. So yeah, cool. It's also like, and I'm getting a bit cute. There's like Isochron Scepter. They've changed the rules with imprint. I don't know if that works, but um, anymore, but yeah, you can you can do some cool stuff as well. There's powerful things you can do, like cast monetary swift monastery swift spear. Uh, but there's also some cool stuff that you could do as well. So yeah, we'll we'll see how we go. So, but yeah, yeah it's a really good card. It's it's, it's been uh, present in in any format that it's legal in since it's been printed, basically. So yeah, I expect to see that a bit. So and another reprint is probably something that our uh, our burn friends are going to uh, enjoy, which is... Uh, actually I actually have a, an original printing of this, um, Flame Rift, uh, which is a one and a red for a sorcery and at Uncommon, and it says, Flame Rift deals four damage to each player. So it domes you, but also domes them. And... It's such a red thing to do. It's so red. It's such a red thing to do. <laughs> but, you know, when you're attacking with Goblin Guides and Swift Spears and, and stuff, two mana for four damage is pretty significant. That's pretty good. And, yeah. you know, we've seen Boros Charm do work, but the, you know, the red decks have either kind of gone mono red or blue red with the, the prowess type stuff. Yeah. This this is a uh, an option that, you know, still lets you play Blood Moon if you want to out of your board without wrecking your mana base or, um, you know, just consistently being able to cast things and, uh, you know, not have to fetch and shock down to a dangerously low life title because people are flame rifting you. But it's a, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, a card that I've enjoyed casting over the years. 
uh, played it in Highlander, played it in Legacy, and uh, yeah, it's a, like it's really really efficient. So maybe not a four off in Burn again, similar to uh, Fire Ice in the uh, in the Prowess decks, but definitely see a copy or two sneaking into a uh, into a deck. I think so. Yeah, yeah you probably. I think I think you might be right. Oh, yeah. Um, is there anything else that you think might uh, might jump out? You've played a bit of a bit of goblins. I have played a bit time. of goblins. There's a uh, there's a, a reprint here, uh, and I didn't I didn't put this one on the list. I actually didn't spot it until a little while ago. Um, but I'll just find it. It's a uh, five mana sorcery, and it is called Patriarch's. Bidding. Let me find that on the list here. Patriarch's I'll... bidding. Is it red? No, it is black. No. Okay. All right. Uh, Let's go up there. I'm pretty sure I saw it. Uh, it's it's if on the uh, on the scryfall page it is uh, it is pretty low on the list. But uh, I put a link into uh, into our chat. The Patriarch's bidding is an, is another reprint, and I know you've cast a lot of goblins and think Skirk Prospector sacrifice a goblin at a bunch of red, right? Now each player chooses oh, a yes. creature type. Each player returns all creature cards of a type chosen this way from their grave. Uh, returns them from the graveyard to the battlefield. Oh, so there's uh, interesting. So there's a card called um, Fecundity, which is a green enchantment that whenever a creature is put into a graveyard, you draw a card, and so you then sacrifice. So Jund goblins. Uh, which opens up a few goblin options as well. For there's some goblins yeah. in those other colours, and you can sack them all to Patriarch's bidding, get a whole bunch of uh, of mana. Sack, sorry, sack them all to Skirk Prospector, draw a to bunch of cards, uh, bring them all back with Patriarch's bidding, and and then yeah, you can get a whole bunch of recursion, and you'd eventually set up a, a board state that just I, either you know all of the goblins giving one another haste and pumps, and and just like dealing ridiculous amounts of damage all at once or um a uh you know some sort of board state based creature combo deck that can uh can get the kill on the spot don't know exactly what that looks like but i reckon that can be a thing so um, keep looking into that because i like the sounds of this it sounds very interesting it it was in extended (laughs) so before modern was uh, a format we had extended um this was how the goblin decks operated um and that yeah they uh patriarch's bidding was uh was a very very powerful card back then with uh in conjunction yeah, with awesome. skirt prospector and there's a yeah there's a bunch of um goblin token producers now that we didn't have back then as well so uh in the, you know the ones that make a one one when they come into play and and, and yeah. even the sorceries that put goblins into play and this is one of those things where it's like is this quite on the modern power level i'm not sure but if they can move that needle back where something like this is good in the format, then I'm all about it. I think this would be really, really good. So um, hopefully this card and cards like this that just do cool things that they're not broken, they're not like unfair. They're, they're not fair, but they're not broken. They're just in that unfair if you get to go off sort of thing. So yeah, I, I think that, is a really good spot for modern to be in. So yeah. Anyway, um, card without notice, but it brought back some memories of mostly losing to it. I don't think I ever played <laughs> Patriarch's bidding, but I certainly lost. I remember losing my win and in at a PTQ in extended, where I was playing a Doran uh, deck in extended. So uh, I, it, there was mono red everywhere, right? Like it was a it was a mono red or well, red deck wins format. So I was casting Doran and putting um uh what's that it's it's an enchantment that's green armadillo cloak. So green white and one uh your enchanted creature gets plus two plus two has trample and lifelink. So I was going turn two Doran off a Birds of Paradise, turn turn three, making it a seven seven lifelink trampler and, and just bashing the red decks up with that. And um yeah, beat all my modern red deck opponents, but uh, yeah, lost to uh, 
I can't remember what else I lost to, but yeah, I lost to a uh, a goblin deck doing patriarch spitting shenanigans in my winning in. So that's my me- that's my memory <laughs> with that. But yeah, it's uh, that's what that's what I, I like get. it. That's what I get for you know trying to win with giant lifelink create what a what a timmy that i am so yeah <laughs> um speaking of green white enchantments let's uh let's move on to our next little sub segment here where we are thinking about cards in this set that might hopefully maybe uh spawn a new archetype so or, or make an archetype you know viable for the first time in in the modern format and largely these fall into the i really hope or i wish these things would be viable because they're kind of cool or they've got some sort of nostalgia for me attached to them the ones that i've written down but um there's a uh you know resurgent belief was a a card that I, i spoke right at the top of the show spoke about right at the top and you know i thought well what what can this do in in modern and there are a bunch of enchantress type cards in modern uh that that do things similar to what sithis harvest's hand does uh so uh the harvest hand is uh green and white for a one two uh legendary enchantment creature nymph and whenever you cast an enchantment spell you gain a life and you draw a card so Misa Enchantress uh, has, you know, it's a three mana two two. Um, I think I know that card. Yeah. So it, yep. When it, um, I might have played it against you in Commander. Uh, it, you know, draws cards off enchantments. And yes, I've absolutely seen that card. Yep. Um, there's also, I believe, is Sterling Grove in this set as well, which gives your enchantments uh, hexproof. Yes, it is. So. Um, Shroud. So Sterling Grove is green and white, and it says other enchantments you control have Shroud, and you can pay one, sacrifice Sterling Grove, search your library for an enchantment card, reveal it, uh, then shuffle and put that card on top of your library. So it's a, a tutor for enchantments, and it is a... And there's also Mirari's Wake, which doubles your mana, which is also a green-white enchantment. So there's some really good enchantment cards in in this set a way to rec- yeah, there is. a way to recur them you can also play things like cast out as your um removal spell which cycles and then you can return with resurgent belief and hit their creature lay claim cycles and then uh takes their best permanent thirst for meaning draws cards and fills up your graveyard for resurgent meaning you can uh you know you can play all of the enchantment-based removal out there, like um, the seal away, door to nowhere, and and things like that. That uh, journey to nowhere, sorry, journey um, to nowhere. Yeah, yep. so like two mana removal spells for creatures and and things like that. There's also there's the two mana two three green thing from the from the more recent set that. Creatures and enchantment spells can't be counted, and you can turn a land into a big beat stick. So the tools exist for this to be a deck. Whether it's any good, I, I don't know. But like Bant enchantments in um, in modern, I would, and maybe it's some sort of prison deck playing um, yeah. ghostly prison and and things like that to you know stop people attacking you and and then trying to trying to win in some big flashy way with um, with resurgent belief. I don't know, but, or maybe it's just some kind of mid-range snowball value deck that, you know, you can ivory mask yourself. You can, uh, with Sterling Grove, you can potentially play like a toolbox um, enchantment type deck. So yeah, would if that was viable in modern, would that interest you? Absolutely. Yep, I've been while you've been reeling off all these card names, a whole bunch of them I don't really know. I've just been punching them into Scryfall and checking them out as well. Like, yes, I like the sounds of that. Uh, Ivory Mask, you can't be the target of spells or abilities. Enchantment, that's nice. Yeah. So yeah, I I I like the sound of it. I don't know. I don't know how you do that. I don't know how any, all, all you how do you, how do you put it? <laughs> Elder Statesmen's of uh, 
of, of magic and you're just reeling off these cards from 20 years ago or whatever it is. I'm just like, what it is. Yeah, is, yeah, sure, that card. <laughs> is my, my hard drive has the same number of terabytes as yours does, right? Except yes. mine, I have, I have literal terabytes of magic information and that is at the expense of other useful things in life that, that may be actually <laughs> something I can use to contribute to my family, my own well-being or society. But instead, it's just full of magic cards. So don't ask me to remember, you know, our, my anniversary. Or, yeah, but don't or, ask me to remember that either. I don't yeah. remember anything. <laughs> <laughs> you probably know lots about like Lego or something. I don't know. But it's, uh, yeah, <laughs> my, my head's just full of this stuff. And I guess it just comes like magic's been a passion for yeah, you know, for a very long time. Nearly 20 years now. Like, it's like 18 years or something. Magic's been a real passion of mine. So, yeah, there's a lot of uh, a lot of knowledge comes with that. Um, I, I, I've sent us off on a tangent. Obviously. It is, it is. You but, have. Uh, I, just, I just felt like I needed to just make mention of it because I, I, I'm actually in awe of it, generally speaking. Do you know what? I this, just, this tangent like, has been a complete... And I love it. This tangent has been a complete upheaval of this episode my friend i tell you what uh, yeah yeah uh, <laughs> uh, ru- so running the uh the segues back it's uh t- tangents into segues so in in this list here so the, these archetypes are, are something that chewie's put together and i'm just i'm just reading and looking and and trying to learn as well uh but he's got upheaval here as a suggested card for a wildfire archetype, yeah. So read out upheaval and tell I'll, me about I'll, this. I'll tell the team. Yep. I'll tell the crew what uh, what up what wildfire does. But um, all right. So upheaval is four and blue blue sorcery. Return all permanence to their owners' hands. Tell us about it. All permanence. What are you, not not all permanence. Yeah, lands as well, right? Everything. Yeah. Back. So uh, wildfire is a red red and two. And it deals four damage to each creature and each player sacrifices four lands. And this is one of my favorite and shorty's favorite archetypes ever. Like wildfire is, is amazing. It will always be a supported archetype in my cube. And yep. when this was in standard, it was, it was one of the best decks going. So it played a bunch of signets. Um, so like it was blue, red. And it played uh, like Boomerang because it bounced the land. So blue, blue, uh, return target permanent to its owner's hand. Uh, it played Stone Rains and, and that sort of effect, Avalanche Riders and Wildfires. And the idea was you'd have these symmetrical uh, effects that blew up resources. But because of all of your artifact mana, you, you could recover better. So Wildfire is a a way to sweep your opponent's board of threats and uh, and leave you with a, a bunch of mana rocks so you could then start rebuilding. And that deck fell down when you didn't draw wildfire. And it was uh, one of those things where it's like, if I'd drawn a wildfire, I would have won. And that was kind of the 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 problem that the deck had. Because if you're just like one for one-ing their lands, they're just, you know, playing two drops, three drops, attacking you, and, and eventually you die because you couldn't, you know, sweep them up. So upheaval, you know, if you've got a whole bunch of mana rocks and you, you've you got eight, ten mana, you tap all of that, you cast upheaval, and then you use that four mana to play all your signets again. So your opponent's board is literally empty and you've got, yeah. you've got you know, three or four mana sitting on your side of the board when you pass a turn. They've probably got a discard because they've, um, you know, they, they'll have a handful of everything. Yep. And uh, yeah, so <laughs> this, look, if I'm honest, like I want this to be good. I know it's probably not, but I would love there to be a viable wildfire deck in um, can any, we, any can format. We give it, <laughs> I love can we, that can we give it another name? If we, if you're running like four wildfire, because wildfire is obviously modern legal. Yeah. Yes. Yep. And you'd be running, so you'd be running four of them and four of, of, of upheaval. Like, is there some sort of eight whack type name we can come up for it? Like, that'd be nice. What a wild heaval. <laughs> wild heaval. <laughs> Something. Uh, just going to, no. yeah, no, maybe not. Um, <laughs> but uh, up five, no, I don't know. We're, Maybe some more of the uh, creative types. Uh, we'll do might, some more research. Uh, yeah, let's let's do that. So that one, total hopeful. I, I 
I wish it would be good. I, I know it's probably not going to be good, but yeah, it would be great. Um, the next, you know, there's a lot of cards that you don't know what they do, but I'm pretty sure you across what our next cards on the list do, though. Yeah, so I saw this on the list and, and the one below it as well, and both of them, a bit, they get me pretty excited. A bit more in your wheelhouse, <laughs> yep. Yeah, absolutely. I, it's funny, it's, it's, it's an archetype or an area of magic that for a long time I was like, nah, doesn't do anything for me. But the more, the more I play, the more I just love what, what black does in, in, in all its forms. So our, our next sort of archetype here is to do something with mono black and the big mana that's now on offer with Cabal, Coffers and Urborg. Yeah. I don't know what the thing is that we're doing, but... But there's something there. Yeah. That's such a powerful combination of Coffers and Urborg. It, it's got to do something. And I and we've got uh, redundancy for Urborg in Dryad of the Elysian Grove. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so the the tools exist for a broken mana engine and broken mana engines usually lead to broken things, right? So I just I just don't know what that is just yet. I don't know. Like get brewing people. Like this exists. This is it's gonna do something and it's it's gonna do some really, really powerful things. Um it's a it might get blown up by wildfire, but it's a uh, a kind of stapling commander and and such and it's just some of the things it can do in that format are ridiculous whether or not that translates to modern i'm not, I'm not sure but it's just such a powerful powerful mana engine i'm sure somebody's already figured it out i don't think it's quite as efficient as tron that you know can get you to seven mana on turn three yeah but it can go bigger so you know that I don't know whether it's like Eldrazi Titans or Torment of Hailfire or some other crazy thing that you can do with all of that mana. I really don't know, but it's a uh, a thing that can break a format in half, this sort of synergy. So we'll see what it does. Yeah. Yeah, cool. What else can Black do? It can reanimate. It can. So we've seen in modern, the there's been the best... Reanimated deck in modern historically has been casting Gifts Ungiven, only getting Unbearer Rites and Elish Norn. So your opponent has no choice but to choose those to put into the graveyard. And then you, you play Elish Norn. So you can do that, you know, like if you have a Signet or some sort of other mana accelerator. Turn three, you're playing a, a Gifts Ungiven. Turn four, you've got an Elish Norn in play. And that's pretty good. Uh, but there's some other, some other things that, this set has uh, has introduced. Um, yeah, so there's there's definitely some support here for more of reanimating things. They they've given us a uh, a sorcery. Well, they're both sorceries. Uh, one being unmarked grave, which is one in a black. Search your library for a non-legendary card. Put that card into your graveyard and then shuffle. So, so you can yeah, it's a really similar effect to entomb, which is uh, you know one mana instant search your library for any card and put it in that card's busted uh yes. where this non-legendary it's got some got some limits but you spoke about archon of cruelty earlier exactly mm, i exactly. don't see legendary so, on there anyway no it doesn't say legendary. i don't either no <laughs> so pretty good reanimation target so, so we hit that yeah and then then we need to cast our this next card, which is Persist, one and a black, once again, sorcery. Return target non-legendary creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield with a minus one, minus one counter on it. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. Um, so when we inevitably draft this, because we will, and I'm sure we will multiple times, I'm going to force this uh, archetype. Well, that's it. it's going to be a, uh, a really <laughs> good, um, a really, really good, Draft archetype. I think it's. I think it's going to be going to be super fun. Uh, there's also another card literally just sprung to mind um, that could work here as well. Yeah. And I've just I've just put it into the uh, into the show notes. It's called Tide Spout Tyrant. It was reprinted in Battle Bond. It was originally printed in like one of the Ravnica oh, yeah. sets or yep. something. Dissension, maybe. Yeah. Yep. It does. Yep. Dissension. It's better art in Dissension. Just quietly um <laughs> then the the scryfall link that i've just put on so it is a eight mana five and three blue for a five five flying gin uh whenever you cast a spell return target permanent to its owner's hand 
So the thing with persist is it only costs two mana, right? So you can persist, then play like, uh, I don't know, what can black do? It can fatal push something and then bounce something, right? So you have a 5-5 a five, five flyer, you bounce their best creature, kill another creature, so you're super ahead on the board. Uh, or you bounce a, a land, you know, you might play like a ponder, right? And, and bounce a land and you're ahead on the control deck and or something like that. So it's a uh, a thing that you can do. And and in older formats where you had like moxes and such, Tidespout Tyrant did a lot of work where you could just, um, yeah, play a, uh, you know, a, a mox and then a sapphire, whatever, uh, brainstorm, whatever, and you could bounce two or three permanents and you put yourself so ahead. I don't know if we can quite replicate that in mod. But yeah, it's, it's there. So that, in combination with the the Archon, maybe maybe there's a deck there. And there's like Dracuseth, there's uh, Sundering Titan, uh, and such. So there's other um, other things that you can target with uh, with Persist that gives you a uh, and and Unmarked Grave. And there's also sorry, I'm I'm at that point where I'm rattling no, off a bunch of it. card names again, aren't I? Um, you are on. I'm, I'm clearly <laughs> excited. Uh, there's also a uh, a uh, demonic tutor in this set uh, that has the uh, the suspend ability. Uh, there is, there is, and I was looking at it just a moment ago. I'm trying to, and find now it. it's gone. Yeah, uh, but it's suspend one and a black. I remember that much. Yeah, it's like suspend two or something. Uh, profane Tutor. So, yep. Uh, That's the one. Suspend two, one and a black. Search your library for a card. Put that card in your hand. Shuffle it. So, it's a it's a demonic tutor. So, you can go and find, you know, your reanimation piece or your thought seize before you cast your reanimation piece to clear the way or your grief. Um, and uh, you can go and, you know, protect your combo or find the piece that you need. There's also a uh, Cabal Initiate, uh, which is a common out of this set. Uh, it is uh, one on a black for a 2-1 human warlock. That's discard a card. Cabal initiate gains lifelink. And uh, threshold, it gets plus one, plus two, as long as you've got a bunch of cards in your library. But it's a free discard outlet that get, has lifelink. So Yeah, it, yeah, that's awesome. So it's a good way to to block a, you know, absorb some damage, gain some life, you know, blocks a goblin guide, gain some life, puts your... Uh, your Archon or reanimation target of your choice in your hand. Uh, sorry, from your hand into your, your graveyard. graveyard. Yep. And, um, and away you go. So, and then you've got the, um, the entomb effect to, uh, to, to go with that. So there's definitely, definitely a, um, all of the supporting cast, <laughs> uh, for the, uh, for the reanimator deck. And hopefully that's good. And again, this is, this this whole segment, I guess, is um, framed with, you know, is this good enough to beat Death Shadow? Is this good enough to beat, you know, the blue red? Is it Blitz deck? Uh, is it good enough to beat Tron? Is it good enough to beat Burn through the Breach, Dredge, Helio Company? All of that, I don't know. But uh- the, the, but the other side of it is 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 it good enough to put these decks together in your own play group? And just play them, Absolutely. play modern in a different in a different setting where you're not trying to win on turn two or turn three. Absolutely. Well, actually, you know? that's a that's a really really good point. And uh, where we've traditionally played our modern tournaments outside of like grand prix or PTQs is at our local. Like we'll go to our local um, uh, games portal, and there might be twenty twenty five players on a whatever the night was Thursday night where they ran their modern events and out of those 25 decks there'd be like 22 unique archetypes or or something like yeah. that 20 21 20 20 or 21 unique archetypes and you would get these cool things where people were doing what they wanted to do because it was just their their casual local event not everybody's out to you know win a grand prix or whatever people want to do things that interest them and that are fun and there's a lot of uh, a lot of cards in this set that really facilitate that, and I love that. I think it's a uh, a really really great way to 
you know, approach the modern format because it can be really fun um, as long as you don't get super sweaty. And yeah. yeah, if you have a look at the the modern metagame on like MTG Goldfish or a website like that, right? And I think they get their, their data from uh, like Magic Online uh, or some other tournaments and stuff. They pull their data in from a bunch of different places. The deck that is most represented, the most played deck in modern is the blue-red prowess deck, the Monetary Swift Spear Lava Dart type deck. And yep. it is 7.2% of the metagame, right? So It's pretty good, right? Yeah, so when we've... When got, you think about it. Yeah, we've had standard decks that are 60%, right? Uh, so if somebody's playing, you know, the quote-unquote best deck or most played deck or whatever, chances are you're not even going to play them at all in, in your local tournament. Um, so it's, uh, the good thing about, uh, about modern is its diversity and this set seems to, you know, support that. It plays into it really well. Yeah, it expands it. It, It's great. So I love it. So yeah, uh, that's probably enough of me waffling on and you trying to get a word in edgeways tonight. Um, is there, is there (laughs) any, is there any other, uh, any other cards in the set that you, uh, are excited by anything else that we oh, missed? Look, I'll be honest. There's, there, there is so many, but um, yeah, I haven't done any research tonight ahead of time, and yeah, I think we've covered quite a few. I just had a thought. There's plenty more. I just had yeah, a thought. What do you got? Do you? I don't know if you were on the cast when we were talking about the previews for the uh, what was the Viking set the the set Caldheim. Caldheim. There's a card in yep. that called I think it's Bergy who creates treasure tokens and you can sacrifice yes. treasure. There's so many things that create treasures. Like there's uh, Ragavan and... Um, there's all- ty- Tireless Provisioner, I'm just looking at now. Yeah. He's got so two, can- and a blo- two and a green landfall. Whenever a land enters the battlefield, create a food token or a treasure token. So you can actually um, do one or the other. Yeah. That's interesting. So I maybe there's like a turn three or turn four instant speed... Darkseal Colossus deck just waiting in the wings to be brewed up out of here mm. just because all of these things that create treasure tokens and then Bergy with the ability to search for an artifact or a dragon and, and put into play. Um, yeah, maybe there's so much combo potential here and yeah, the uh, <laughs> creative juices are flowing. I'm going to go away and do some brewing. But before we do that, <laughs> let's talk about our uh, our leaks uh, as we as we finish up. Uh, yeah, well, you did some have... coverage with Shorty this week. I did. I did. We started the our Strixhaven League finals or top sixteen this week, and yeah, we got a few games done. We've already got a couple. I'm, I'm just looking at the. Uh, the what do they call it? The bracket now. We actually already have three players knocked out. Oh, commiserations! Congrats on making the finals. But congrats uh, to all. We have two players already locked in for the top eight in Auto Cyclist and Thor is Chris Hemsworth. Well done. And and yeah, so our our current uh, losers, uh, Yan Ray. Really? Uh, okay. Yeah, he's gone. He went down two zero to skips. Arcturus and. And Pedro, Pedro is out. Pedro is out, our reigning league champ. Yeah, okay, just already content with his finals invitation. So, uh, with the invitational invitation, if that, yeah. Um, so yeah, so the top eight is very close to being determined, and we'll be streaming the finals on Saturday, the nineteenth of June. Hopefully, all yeah, together so in the same place. We'll hopefully, see all together we on uh, my youngest daughter's birthday. Uh, excellent. Only a couple of days after mine. Uh, so. It's a uh, yeah. Well, for a birthday, bring her on, and uh, T can do some uh, do some coverage for us. That'd be great. Um, I'm sure she'd love it. Yeah, she she actually would. <laughs> uh, so keep an eye out for that. So there's like 500 bucks worth of cash and prizes on offer for that. So that is going to be a, a massive event, like it always is. Uh, one of my uh, one of my jobs for our final stream is the background, uh, and I've I've got a I've got an upgrade. I got a nice big banner, so looking forward to debuting that. And yeah, it's going to be great. Yeah, so uh, and that's always always great, and always brought to us by Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar. So they put up the lion's share of that five hundred dollars in cash and prizes. So massive shout out to Josh and Pat's. And if you want to get in on our league 
our next league will have one coinciding with the release of the next set. Uh, you can jump into our Discord. Uh, the link will be in the show notes and they're all run through that. So make sure you sign up. They are free to enter with legit prizes and they all lead into the Magic Beans tournament series, which culminates in our invitational at the end of the year. Uh, if you want to support us directly, you can go to our merch store. Again, link in the description. And you can buy mugs, t-shirts, hoodies, mouse pads, etc. Uh, don't forget to search up Josh and Pats. And when you do win uh, an auction on their Facebook auction page, tell them that the bean sent you. You can find us in our normal location, uh, YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, and Twitter uh, at Magic Beanscast on, if you just search up those on all of those places. If you want to find me directly uh, for the one tweet a fortnight that I make, I am at Chewy MTG, and you are at M Stewie. Thanks for hanging out and listening to Chewy brainstorm modern deck ideas. We'll see you next time on the Magic Beans podcast. <laughs> <laughs>